Welcome to another jam session of ideas with Patrick Lally on Information 1000 KSOO. You need cool air. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And you're not going to hear a lot of Led Zeppelin on this program, unless Jonathan Ellis is here. Led Zeppelin 2. Yeah, that's right. So, this, I worked all morning on the music program for the show, programming, just just for Jonathan. It's going to be a special Led Zeppelin hour. Get the lead out, as we like to say. Right on. As uh, Because he is... He's the biggest Led Zeppelin fan I know because I just don't know that many Led Zeppelin fans. Is that fair? I don't know. Is that true that you don't know that many Led Zeppelin fans? I mean, we're we're there's a lot of us out there. Yeah, really. Yeah. Is that really a thing? Millions of albums sold there, young fella. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Right. Well, you know, I've never been a Led fan, so this is a special treat for you, Led Zeppelin fans today. You were always so much of a hipster. Uh, no, I was, uh, any I band was, that had a had its own, you know plane you were like oh that's no not cool no i only like bands that travel in the back of like moving trucks <laughs> exactly or a bus you know or, no yeah not even a moving truck just like a van okay three dudes in a van and you know a lot of body odor that's what i go for okay dirty underwear gang no that's not true either uh we have jonathan ellis on the program because he is as i say the finest investigative reporter and columnist working in South Dakota today. Uh, uh, you uh, have been uh, pretty busy lately, huh? Yeah. We've been very busy, um, both at a local level and then, of course, you know, as you know, we don't cover necessarily national politics, but there have been a lot of interesting national things going on with oh, the, uh, yeah. the indictments that were released on Monday. So we've been talking about the indictments here. Uh, have, you, have you read it? I have not read the indictment. Did I you read br- the indictment? I brought it with me. Oh, good. Well, let's just take a few moments. No, I, I read uh, excerpts. I read an interpretation of it, kind of a blow-by-blow blow that had excerpts. It was pretty interesting, like what this means. You right. Know? That was good. Now, the thing about it is that uh, what was your impression of, were you surprised by the indictment at all? Not surprised given... Uh, um, previous reports that uh, Paul Manafort had had, um, you know, uh, ties, if you can use that word, ties uh, with, uh, I guess, Ukrainian operatives who were pro-Kremlin Ukrainian operatives. Mm-hmm. So not surprised with, uh, at that at all. Um, and, and when you read this indictment, it's about a 30-page indictment, um, you come across, you come away from this and say, man, these guys are scumbags, yeah. just straight up. And, and, and this is, this is um, you know, what... Uh, I think got up, you know, uh, ironically, you know, Donald Trump, when he talked about draining the swamp and getting rid of these scoundrels, uh, this is, you read it, this is 30 some pages of just scoundrels. I mean, these, pe- these people are feasting on the marrow of the American dream. <laughs> I mean, these, these people are just straight up scum. Well, and, and, and what's very interesting about them, I mean, the ties, I mean, these people are all in bed together and then the incest that's, that's going on. I mean, you have this dude hanging out with, uh, Tony Podesta, who's John Podesta's brother, mm-hmm. and they got this big super lobbying firm, they call it, and they're making millions and zillions of dollars. 
and they're just screwing over the taxpayers. Left. I mean, this is just like this is it. This is this. and you know, so you know, they're obviously it's it's entertaining from that perspective of you have an inside look at these just scummy people making millions and millions and millions of dollars, um, screwing over the American taxpayers, which is nothing new. Which is nothing new, but so we here we have an opportunity in this collusion um, investigation. We get a we get a window to, into this, and so it's it's fascinating from that perspective. How did this is what I don't understand about that? So you know, Donald Trump had what a dozen campaign managers there for a while. Okay, it was like three or four, but so Manafort was his campaign manager right in the middle, and he wasn't there that long. He wasn't there that long, correct? everybody knew he was a scumbag. How did he end up as Donald Trump's campaign chairman? Well, I, I don't know the, the insight into that. I mean, he, he was, um, it was a moment in time where he was, I, and I, I can't, I can't even remember how long he was on that. It wasn't that long. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was very brief. Um, but how did this guy who's who's tainted who's well i mean he you know, for one thing in, in washington all these guys they're, they're not tainted because that's what they do right yeah. so i mean to the to the rest of us out here in, in in heartland america we look at these yahoos and go what is going on mm-hmm. but um you know for a guy again going back to the, the you know what what donald trump wanted to drain the swamp i mean for this guy to get sort of associated with the campaign at any level for any amount of time is is probably unfortunate for for the for the Trump campaign or for Trump who wanted to kind of put an end to this kind of nonsense but um you know he didn't last long uh this particular indictment you know doesn't have anything to do with really the the Trump campaign no. this is all just sort of the collateral damage that comes with a, a f- sort of freewheeling uh free range uh prosecutor looking into stuff mm-hmm. uh, oh so look what i found under this rock yeah, much much like uh, you know, for for people who don't know this, much like uh, the EB five scandal here in South Dakota, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't actually. Well, I'll write about this someday when I get the records t- from the FBI to, to show it. But that actually that investigation was not even the focus of what had started as an investigation. Yeah. So that this is sort of a secondary investigation. So the, the things you find when you have subpoena power, right? Correct. That's point of order. Before you go into your your break here, May 19th, Manafort promoted to campaign chairman. August 19th, Manafort resigns. Two months. Ooh, well. And then he hung around, though. He was still, he became like, you would see him on CNN as a spokesperson for Trump. I don't know if it was official or if they just pulled him in because he was, could present that side as they do. You know, they hire people right after they get fired. Yeah, the, incestu- the incestuous Washington. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Um, we're going to come right back with more Jonathan Ellis, and uh, we're going to talk about this papadapadapopolis guy a little bit. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Patrick Lally on Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and the Led Zeppelin Fest continues. Because we're here with Jonathan Ellis from Argus Leader Media. Now, how do you say that? Particular deer, deer maker, dirt, deer, do your maker, dire maker, dire, I don't know. just 
Just D- crack a beer and enjoy it. It's you don't D- need to know how to say it. It's D-apostrophe-Y-E-R, Maker. Uh, yeah, so little. Uh, which which record is that one on? Do you know? Uh, I'm going to say Houses of the Holy. Okay. But I could be wrong. It's, there you go. I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody will tell us. Uh, Uber producer Dan Peters is already busily using the information machine to find out what record that uh, particular single comes from. Um, let's talk more about Trump just briefly. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it. But the uh, the part of this that surprised me more than anything, and is probably more relevant, is the George Papadopoulos stuff. So this guy was appointed to the Foreign Relations Advisory Committee, and when he apparently pleaded guilty in July to lying to the FBI, he's the guy who made the initial contact or was able to contact, tried to contact the Russians and. The administration, he pleaded guilty in July, has been working with Mueller on the uh, probe, as we like to say. He seems to be more damaging to the the Trump folks than the Manafort stuff. Yeah, I mean, potentially. Uh, in in the sense that they were trying to have you know arranged meetings on this now by the way this guy has been described as sort of a very low level trump campaign operative um, somebody who may have even been a, a volunteer yeah until they till it came out that he went to six meetings of the foreign relations advisory council he had one meeting with trump in which he told him i mean it's just you know they say oh this guy he's like a volunteer he's just hanger right, on or right. wait he's, a minute right he's so he's in meetings and he's the guy who's sort of arranging meetings with the professor yeah, and the lady, the lady Kremlin. Uh, I can't remember what her title is. No. The, but um, uh, these two uh, Kremlin operatives uh, that he was arranging, and, and basically they were trying to get dirt uh, on the Hillary Clinton campaign. Mm-hmm. Which, and we and we've learned, of course, that the Hillary Clinton campaign was paying millions of dollars for dirt on the Trump campaign. So really, I mean, it go, it all goes back to this. This is Washington, ladies and gentlemen. Oppo research. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I did, you know. Uh, you know, several months ago, there was some outrage about how, when some of these revelations were coming out, that the Trump uh, campaign may have been trying to get dirt and meeting with Russians. And I saw some political operatives who I know um, tweeting out, "Oh, this is I, I'm shocked. They know we would never do this." And then you know, and you're saying to yourself, "But I know you, and I know ex- of course you would do that. So <laughs> you would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, you would." And then you tell people you did it. Uh, it's it really is uh, a look into the world of politics, and that's just the way it goes. The other the other part of that though is, at some measure, we still wouldn't be that interested in this. It would be kind of like, okay, that guy lied to the FBI, whatever. Yeah, uh, the, there's still no collusion, whatever. Except that it's also at the same time coming out the extent to which the Russians were able to basically invade social media in this country and the degree to which they maybe not, you don't know if they influence people or not, but got in front of 120 million Americans through social media. All these things are going on at the same time. It's just wild, man. It's wild. I, it, I will be, I mean, we, so we, we had the amount of money that they've spent on Facebook ads, and then we all know that the Twitter trolls were out there working out of, you know, Moscow or wherever it is. They have their their troll farm. Um, yeah, these are just, to me, these are just uh, uh, you know, more tales about why you should stay off of social media. It's just. <laughs> well, here's the problem, though. Um, so what? The Russians are in social media. So what? The problem is 
that some people believe what I mean, you know, come on, have a modicum of skepticism. Well, that's the problem. I mean, yeah. many people just ever they they read it, they believe it. Um, you know, in the old days, I mean, there there was there was the well, don't don't believe everything you read, and mm-hmm. that was that was true. I mean, so you had newspapers and you had books and you had magazines, and and you know, while not certainly not perfect, you had sort of gatekeepers who were there in place to sort of vet information, and it was much harder to just get garbage. Well, now everybody's got their own form of everybody can. You know, they they have mass communication at the palm of their hand, and they can communicate with whoever, how many followers they have, which who, who can then communicate with them. And I mean, so yeah, I mean, being skeptical of things that you read on the internet now, I mean, that's, I mean, just you should approach everything as I don't believe this first. At the same time, though, if you are somebody who is inclined to either side believe something you saw on Facebook that seems outrageous, you. Okay. Say you're a Trump voter and you read something crazy about Hillary Clinton. If you believe that, you were probably more inclined to vote for Mr. Trump to begin with. So the degree to which it affected the election may be minimal. We don't know. We will never know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that in almost every election, there are some sort of new breakthroughs in, in, in ways in which campaigns... Um, use or manipulate the system and this one just happened to be a situation in which a foreign government was was, was attempting to manip- manipulate the situation and 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 we can see now in Europe as well i mean the russians uh are um are hard at it uh, in trying to manipulate public opinion out there for what for their own gain well they're just chaos vendors at right. this point right. they they nothing more they love than just chaos which is pretty good tactic if you think about it from if you are Vladimir Putin and you want to destabilize who you see as your economic f- and military and political foes, you just kind of monk around in their business and they, they take care of everything on their own by fighting with each other, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dissension is, you know, uh, internal bickering. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. we're worried about, you know, uh, people down the street versus, the, the you know, what's going on. Uh, in international relations, and and so yeah, I mean, it certainly suits his purpose to yeah. have. And the Chinese, I mean, you know who's winning from all the trade stuff going on, tearing down all the trade deals? Chinese, Chinese fall into the vacuum in uh, in the whole Far East, and they the don't have to drop a single bomb to do it. No, they have to no. fire a single shot. We live in strange times. Jonathan Ellis, he is Argus Leader Media reporter and columnist, and uh, you know. Led Zeppelin guy. Uh, let's move on. In mean, meanwhile, the Republicans are trying to pass a tax cut. Um, can they do this by the end of the year, do you think? I, to me, it's looking, it's, okay, it's looking more likely than health care overhaul. But still, the odds, um, we're, we're, what we want to see is the uh, plan coming out of the House Ways and Means Committee, which... Um, of which our uh, congresswoman Christy Noem is, uh, is on that committee, so we want to see what comes out of there. You know, everything I've heard about what's happening there is, is Republicans are are trying to find various trade offs, trying to you know deal make. I mean, that's what you do, and, and, sir, and, and so you have Republicans from um, high uh, income states, states that have high state and local taxes, who do not want to see. Um, you know, the deduction that you get for paying property taxes and they don't want to see those go away. 
and local income taxes and, and local yeah uh, um you know there there i i i've some the income taxes might be more negotiable than the property taxes so i mean this is all part of the dealing that's going on but there are ideologically i mean i think from you know if you're a republican and you you want to try to you know hurt democrats in in, in some way i mean they ha- they can make a legitimate complaint saying well these high tax states you know are subsidizing you know their their governments off of this federal deduction mm-hmm. and so you know and at so at the same time if you're in those locales and you get to i mean Iowa is one of the states that gets to write it off um you're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. you're taxing me twice on this money because I pay them and I pay you if I can't deduct it off my federal tax, I pay you, I pay you. Which, you should take that up with your state at some measure. But that's, there's a lot of pushback from that. Every, in a lot of places, not just New York and California. Well, yeah, I mean, those, those are the places where you're going to feel it the most. And, and again, especially going back to the property tax issue, um, where they have high property taxes in, in, in some of those places. And so... Yeah, so th- that's one of the big hang-ups right now. I mean, a lot of Republicans who represent those those Democratic states are the ones who are sort of up in arms. You have other it's kind of interesting schemes to try to pay for it, um, pushing more people into Roth IRAs so that they're they're being taxed now. I mean, so you're paying uh, your investment and your retirement income is being taxed now versus later. That'd be great. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's, that's an interesting, um, I mean, I, I participate in, you know, they're trying to get more people out of 401ks, which are, you know, arguably have been, you know, the, the most successful vehicle. And we, and we can, we can talk about retirement all day long and, and not probably nearly successful enough, but has been successful for mm-hmm. employers who offer them and employees have taken advantage of them. And, you know, I'm in both a Roth IRA and a 401k mm-hmm. plan. And I, and I like having both of those options. And so. One of the Republican plans is to try to steer more people into that Roth so they get more money now. Um, so, you know, the, the, that's part of, all, you know, any kind of big funding tax plan. Um, that's Those are some of the schemes that, regardless of party, that, that politicians come up with. Um, and it's all about incentives to try to get people to do things certain ways. Um, I think the interesting thing to me is going to be how much debt this thing racks up because we have... We're at $1.5 trillion gap right now well yeah i think it's closer to two right now okay but, and growing and growing with and, a bullet and so and so i you know when you have um i i was just you know going in our archives today and you can you can put put in the kick the can and john thune and pull up stories in which he talked about during the obama how, how we're kicking the can down the road yeah. with this debt there's a big can now they're kicking a barrel we're here with jonathan ellis from argus leader media we're going to come back right after the news with dan peters this is the patrick lally show on information 1000 ksoo let the main street cafe be today at three join patrick lally as he looks reality straight in the face on the talk of sioux falls information 1000 ksoo Four forty, four thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. As we continue with Leadfest for Jonathan Ellis of Argus Leader Media. This one I know. Rock and roll by Led Zeppelin. 
pretty famous little tune there. You know, I played Pearl Jam when Joe Sneavy was on, so I figured just to, to make you feel at home, we have to set the scene, set the you know the culture here. Yeah, no, that's I, he, uh, I think Joe really appreciated that. And you can, you know what, you can play Pearl Jam for me too because I like Pearl Jam. Oh, really? Well, that's good to know. Good to know. Yeah, and then uh, our boy John Hodgson will also be happy. He was he was he was a little little put off that yeah. we didn't play any Pearl Jam for him. Well, we didn't know. Owner of Metro Cab, John Hodgson, he he was he has seen more Pearl Jam concerts than Sneevy. I know. I was blown away by that. Yeah. That's saying something. Uh, so back to politics with uh, Jonathan Ellis from Argus Leader Media. Um, the healthcare enrollment started today. Um, is that everybody's going to find out how much more money they're paying? Not just through Obamacare, but everybody. So everybody's rates are going up, right? Is this going to be a crisis? I have not looked at my rates yet but yeah oh gird your loins where we are uh anticipating um yes we're anticipating uh, rate increases uh yet again um more evidence that the affordable care act was not as affordable as it was originally billed now what it did do certainly was expand coverage to populations that had previously not been covered which most people, I think, would argue is a good thing, but um, the, the costs uh, for health insurance have been going up steadily every year, um, and we should not expect to see them uh, go down this year. No, and I think some of the increases this year are kind of there's some fear built into it by the insurance companies, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they have concerns. They have an uncertain marketplace uh they don't know i mean you have the trump administration that uh, is saying that they're not going to um you know pay the subsidies uh, so that they were originally going to get under the law um mm-hmm. so, you know and so uh you know there's some debate about you know, what co- whether congress is the the appropriate uh entity to be paying those and or the trump administration but regardless uh, the insurance companies uh sense that you know, with Republicans and the Trump administration actively trying to um, defang Obamacare, if that's the right way to put it, or just just you know speed up its demise. Well, then Trump's then Trump basically said, I, "I we've been given too much money to the insurance companies." Well, if there aren't any insurance companies, how do you have private insurance? Yeah, and, and again, a lot of it. a lot of this again, the, a lot of this is uh, the, the individual uh, marketplace, the, the vast, mandate. We, we 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 the individual marketplace where individuals go out and get their own insurance. Um, there is quite a bit of media attention paid to that uh, segment of the population. It happens to be a fairly small segment of the population in terms of people who get their insurance. Most people get their insurance through employer-based insurance plans, and maybe that needs and, to end. Um, there have been certainly some. Um, Discussions, policy discussions about the pros and cons of, of that. Um, certainly, there have been uh, discussions. Uh, the McCain uh, campaign talked about uh, taxing um, those uh, types of plans. Uh, you know, currently there a lot mm-hmm. of that's tax free. Um, in order to try to adjust, you know, again we talked earlier about incentives, the uh, policies that create incentives, and then you try to reward types of behavior. And so, um, there have been those policy discussions, but. As we know, um, at least in recent history in Washington, not a whole lot gets done. So, yeah, know. recent history would suggest that is true. 
Hey, uh, let's with Jonathan Ellis here from the Argus Leader, and uh, he is a reporter and columnist, investigative reporter. Does all kinds of stuff, man. You've been all over the board doing Fed courts, and but there's there's interesting stuff in there. There's yeah, I go yeah. You yeah. Just, just wander on over to the federal court and see what sort of stuff you can drum up, right? Ah, uh, no. Oh no, you do it. I on, don't do that. You, you don't wander the I, halls I, of the federal courthouse. No, come they, on, they man. They wouldn't like me there. Oh, okay. That, actually, actually, uh, I should say the federal courthouse is, is very pleasant. The people who work there, the security guards, and mm-hmm. everybody, they're all very nice people. That, way to go. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, I want to turn to South Dakota here, and we had Marty Jackley uh, on the show not so long ago on his clean campaign pledge tour, um, it, to which uh, Christy Noem, the two Republican uh, uh, opposites, uh, opponents, for the Republican nomination for governor, uh, she basically said, he said, let's have a clean campaign. And she said, bleh, on you. Yeah. That ain't going to happen. because. Right. But you can already see the themes. There's a theme here. And you, uh, I've heard Marty Jackley say now more times than I can count uh, her big D.C. PAC money. She's got a million dollars in D.C. PAC money. Yep. Bringing D.C. to South Dakota. Well, you know, if you ask her, if you ask Marty Jackley uh, if he thinks that she should switch her toothpaste he'd say well you know she probably uh should use some of that dc pack money and buy a better brand <laughs> I, it's we, every time every sentence has dc pack money in it right we uh we are and i'm actually writing a column that'll run in this uh this week's uh, dead tree version of the Argus leader but uh we we've, we're reaching that stage now where we we're actually act the active uh campaigning is beginning um, you had the Marty Jackley campaign, clean campaign pledge, of which uh, you know Christy Noem promptly. I mean, it wasn't all thinking this over. She just pro- and this is kind of what's what's earned her reputation for being sort of a decisive, um, no holds barred candidate. I mean, mm-hmm. She's like, no, I'm not gonna. That's dumb. Um, and so and so and so Marty Jackley t- tells me he was shocked, shocked <laughs> that that she wouldn't sign it. And I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised at all. But I, I think it, it is. It is. Um, these two candidates have very different personalities. They're they're very similar. I mean, they're almost the same age. They have the agriculture background, mm-hmm. um, but they are. When it comes to politics, uh, they got some differences in terms of. You know, I'm not talking policy stuff. Just in temperament and how they mm-hmm. go after it. And, and Christy Noem is not somebody to be trifled with. No, I and mean, here's she is the a thing. tough campaigner and, and do you think that she gets labeled as a uh that you know this clean campaign pledge as being negative because she's aggressive and if you're an aggressive woman that's perceived as negative i don't see her as like negative I, even in the uh, in the stephanie herseth campaign when they were together face to face there were some negative ads but when they were together face to face it wasn't necessarily negative but it was aggressive it was aggressive yeah, she, she she she's aggressive. She um, I, I don't I, I wonder sometimes if she feels like she's got to compensate and she, and be more aggressive, you know. And, and so, but she uh, she's brought in you know that obvious that 2010 campaign was was you know when you're you, you beat an incumbent that's a big deal. Also took to out hold, uh, two prominent Republicans in their primary. Took to out get two there. prominent Republicans and then had a tough reelection in 2012. And, and so. This, these are these are type, the types of campaigns that Marty Jackley has not had to, to wage. I mean, mm-hmm. he's. I mean, you know, who did he run against? Ron Valesky. I mean, come on, I, and so, never had to run in a primary. Yeah, I, I think that's right. He's not had a primary. So, 
this is uh you know he's touting marty's taught touting his his south dakota campaign his his south dakota based consultants and all of that and you're right in trying to paint then christy Nome as sort of this washington this creature of washington which if you're successful i mean that's very mm-hmm. that's that's a good um that's a good line for marty jackley to take like uh here comes wine we don't want washington and pure oh yeah that's so, what you would that's exactly what you would do right you know here's and he when you say they're different he is a very reserved he doesn't get all fired up you know what i mean he's a reserved guy he's a lawyer he's a he's been a prosecutor and he's very direct and right here and he will continue and he gets a little emotional but he's not He's not flamboyant, I guess, is what I'm saying. Right, and we, we will see, um, you know, his reaction to her not signing to her, you know, promptly shooting down that clean, clean, clean uh, campaign pledge. Uh, you know, I said, so what are you going to do? And he said, well, you know, there might be times on the campaign where I can turn the other cheek, but there might be times when I can't. And so what that basically tells me is he's, he's prepared to have to, you know, to be aggressive if that's what it takes. I think there's going to be more money spent on this governor's race than we are accustomed. Yeah, I mean that's that's as it should be. I mean it's an open seat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's inflation, so yeah. you know it, it should always cost more. Every year should be more. It should not be a headline that that oh it's the costliest ever. Well, that's because we have inflation. Yeah, it's been a few years, people. Uh, we're going to come right back and uh, talk more with Mr. Jonathan Ellis. Try we're going to try and get this down to the local level where we really like to to roam. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. I wasn't kidding when I said it was Led Zeppelin Hour. This is the Patrick Lally Show, 446. Should I fall out of love, Bringing it down a little bit. Always, always a sort of a poignant song for me, knowing that this was their last album before John Bonham died. Which is what? In Through the Outdoor. In Through the Outdoor. Okay. I'm telling you, my Led Zeppelin knowledge is minimal. All, I, all my Led Zeppelin comes from listening to the B, B102.7, our sister station. We're, we're continuing our discussion with Jonathan Ellis. Uh, Argus Leader media reporter and columnist and uh, a Led Zeppelin fan, so that's why we're playing Led Zeppelin. That's going to change here shortly. Um, let's talk about local stuff, okay? Uh, the event center siding is just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Uh, so now we're waiting for the independent report. Do we Have we figured out yet if we can... Who's got to pay for it and who's going to... So it's got to be an RFP process. What is going on, Jonathan? Oh, I, you know, why are they doing this? I mean, I think it's to appease some cr- cr- critique from the council. Uh, Teresa criticisms. Yeah, I mean, she's not alone. Um, that they, hey, they want to make sure that these panels, that behind these panels, uh, we're not having, you know, the, the most expensive public building project in the history of Sioux Falls that there's not something going wrong behind these panels, which are obviously, I mean, if you go out and look at them, uh, they're obviously the indentations. It looks, it appears that water could easily get, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, into these seams. Now the, the big question here is why are you guys doing this when you already have a report that was already done, that was done, uh, you know, a few years ago, presumably 
maybe that report would say something about what's going on behind them. We we don't know, but you release that. But we'll rele- why that. don't you release? Why don't we get for starters? Why don't you release that report? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can talk about whether we need um, another you know investigation into this. Yeah, why do we spend the money ahead? Of, well, we already have a report, but they won't release the report because again, this is uh, this is city hall, and this is. Although the mayor pro- proclaimed himself the most transparent mayor in the history of Christendom, um, we have yet another example of where they're not giving basic public information that, mm-hmm. by the way, the public paid for. Mm-hmm. They're not releasing it to the public. They lost on this before. Uh, we were lucky that you know the comma was in there and, and that they didn't uh, file a lawsuit. But they, it's not a great atmosphere right now to be secret. And so now they're going to have an RFP process uh, that is secret because don't RFP processes that the, the process that go evaluating these proposals, it has to be done behind closed doors, doesn't it? Yeah, these will be done. I mean, these are not like bids. Um, so like if you had a, if you had a bid for a, um, you know, you want to put in two blocks of new, you know, curb and gutter, you know, mm-hmm. you have a bid and then you open the bids and you low bid wins. And unless there's something like, unless it's like, an, you know, some kind of firm that has no business bidding and then that, that's all done publicly. These requests for proposals, of course, are much different. They can be tailored by the, the entity that's putting out the request tailored to get the responses that they want. And that happens fairly frequently here in the city of Sioux Falls um, for many multitudes of RFPs. Um, you get the you 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 get you make get sure what you, you get ask the, for? the answers that you want. Yeah. So basically, the request for proposals is you're going to come back and tell us that there's nothing wrong with these walls. Wink, wink. Right. So I, you know, I, I mean, do, do I sound skeptical about the whole process? Yes, I am. But I've also been living here and seeing how some of these RFPs have rolled out in, in past years, and, and, and whether it regard for development projects or whatever, um, the fix is always in. Do you think that there's really uh, a change in attitude coming from City Hall? It, take Mike Uther out of it. So we're going we're gonna to have a new mayor and some new counselors perhaps. Is there really going to be any change in the attitude of City Hall about transparency? I, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I would suspect, I mean, it, it, it all starts from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these, uh, it's, the, it's the strong mayor form of government, so it's... Uh, you know, you have the you have the mayor. Although he liked to say how how open he is, he's also been openly talking about how um, it's unfortunate that you know we can't have secret settlements anymore. We can't do these things yeah. behind closed doors. You know, so that sets the tone for for uh, you know and for all the employees who are the political appointees who work there, um, who can get fired at the drop of a hat uh, for no reason uh, other than that the mayor came in and had a bad day. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he he sets the tone. And so a new mayor coming in there who had a different idea. I mean, we talk about Rick Noby. Rick Noby's, uh, when he was uh, mayor, you know, his big thing was, I'm going to take the door off my office. You yeah. Know, you know, so the, 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 chief, the chief executive in Sioux Falls sets the tone. And uh, would there be more trans possibly? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm very fairly cynical about all of this. So. Do you think it's really going to be an issue in the mayoral campaign? In a in a legitimate way, other than everybody saying, "Yeah, we think there should be more transparency." I, I hope so. I mean, I, I would it would it would please me to no end to see a, a mayoral candidate say, "Hey, I'm going to release that Judd Allen report if I get elected, and we'll see what's actually in it." And, and what and I and I'm we can speculate and talk about what we know is in it. I mean, what I've heard from off the record conversations about what's in that report, but I think the taxpayers would be very interested in finding out what's in that based upon what I know about. Um, the mayor's race in general, 
uh, do we really know any more about, do, do you feel like there's any momentum for anybody one way or another? Or is it still too early? It's, I, you know, it's way too early. I think there are actually, there's a forum tomorrow on the mayor's race. And I, and I just, I got to shake my head. I'm like, this is too early, guys. Way too early. I mean, the election is not until April. We don't need to start having like nine-month mayoral elections in Sioux Falls. I mean, please stop it. Uh, uh, wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. If you're a AM radio talk show host in Sioux Falls, however, eh, you know, it's not so bad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, hey, I get it. Uh, you know, uh, there there are only so many things to discuss about the city of Sioux Falls. I'm, you know, and I, I prefer the whole, like, uh, let's get things started to crank up in January, February time frame, and then the election's in April, and we don't need to, you know, we don't need to have, in my opinion, we don't need to have months and months of drawn out forums yeah. and you know I, my curb and gutter is going to be better than your curb and gutter that kind of stuff oh it's going to be bad uh so just very quickly uh the legislature is in january and you reminded me i've been trying not to think of that what's going to be the big issue in pier this year just if you had to pick one what is it oh uh, well I, I the most recent revelations i mean, if you're talking about bills that are going to be introduced i you know there's always going to be a surprise. But or is everybody going to be sitting in their uh, apartment every night uh, reading a book and watching TV because they don't want to get in trouble? They don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, the, the whole sexual harassment thing could could have some. I think that'll be an issue that a lot of people will look at, and these parties will people will be looking at these parties. Be people walking around with cell phones. Yeah. Jonathan Ellis uh, from Argus Leader Media. Uh, you can see his work at argusleader.com pretty much all the time. Uh, thanks for coming in today. It's always a pleasure, sir. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. Thank, uh, thanks for Led Zeppelin. No problem. We're going to be right back on the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Pop in the earbuds with our free radio pop app to listen anytime.